What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Race podcast. Today, we're joined with my partner, Francis. We got Dave Lacalio back again, and we have the world-renowned Ron Bergenholtz. It's all good. I'm just a guy that likes speed like everybody else. So real quick, Ron. Yeah. You're Filipino, right? I am Filipino, but I got a German last name. How did you get a German last name? All right. So hypothetically, or not hypothetically, but the story is, right? Uh, Great-grandfather, who was, I guess, in the military, ended ended up being stationed in the Philippines, and he never went back home. And basically, you know, he fell in love, lo and behold, produced my grandfather and the rest is history. So it's it's funny thing you mentioned that when we did that Team California thing, right, where West Coast racers came to the to Aqua, New Jersey, right? That was the first time you came. Yeah, first time. And it rained out. And it rained out, right? And a few <laughs> Wait, what year was this? 97. 97. And a fan had come out and looked at us, you know, because obviously in, in the magazines back in the day, you'd cover the race car. You didn't really cover the people that often, right? It was all about the race car, right? And the fan goes, wow, I thought you guys were white. <laughs> Is this bad or good? No, 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 it's cool. Yeah, I thought you were white. But same thing even in college, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, Ron Bergen Olds, you know, you have to do roll call. You're like, let me see your ID. Thought some Asian cat came in to take the test with some white dude, you know? Yeah, because they're like, is he cheating? Is he cheating? Is Ron really cheating? But that's one way to get in that. That's how that is. That's how Bergenholtz came to uh, me. Okay, all right, all right. I'm the token white guy today. Yes, you are. You are. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm looking okay. at being the white. We're guy. good. But you know what? If we, you know, if you're listening to this, they wouldn't know Ron. Ron is from Europe. Not from the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, let's just give us, um, give give our viewers a, a quick introduction of yourself. A brief history of how motorsports came into your life. Well, it, you know, before we used to do freestyle and ride bikes or whatnot, right? We rode with this J dude, and I'll give him props, Ruji Hora, right? Great freestyle rider, great flatland rider. And he showed up to my house, you know, with this bike and we'd always go ride together and that sort of thing. Right. And he came in this lowered 87 Integra. I said, the hell are you lowering your car for? He goes, dude, let me take you to this place. Right. So I go, let's go now. And the, you know, it was like, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. So we end up at the street races at 12 midnight. And I'm like, damn, bro, this place is off the hook. And right? this is in California. This is out in Cali, right? Okay. Streets of Compton. Uh, name of the street was Marie and Anna. That's where it all started, right? And so we're like, damn! And, you know, all these hooked up uh, imports and, you know, it's just, you know, the, the beginnings of Fast and Furious before Fast and Furious was what, was what it was, right? Yeah. And so we're like, damn, there's chicks there, that sort of thing. We're like, yeah! So, yeah, I stopped riding bikes after that. <laughs> I said, how to get me a get me a hooked up ride? So the rest is history from back in 1988, right? Building, I unfortunately had a Jetta with a two-liter double-oriented cam conversion, all that stuff, right? Realized, you know, Volkswagen wasn't my thing. Got into Hondas, and dude, the industry just took off. You know what I'm saying? It was big on the streets, boatload of people, right? But it wasn't organized, right? And thanks to Ken Miyoshi with Import Off, we saw the same thing at the nightclubs. 
right? At all the nightclubs back in the day, right? It was a car show. All these slammed imports, you name pulling it. Pulling up. Pulling up, all that. And Ken Miyoshi goes, let's turn this in this show. And it took off. Frank Choi, you know, it's getting, uh, back in the day, it was getting dangerous on the streets, right? Getting arrested, getting your car impounded. <laughs> and this was during the early 90s. So he goes, dude, we got to organize it. Palmdale happened, right? And then, you know, it started catching on. And in fact, Nitto was integral in that because Nitto sponsored Battle the Imports and Nitto sponsored Import Chihuahua. And now mm. the import industry started putting its stamp everywhere, right? And it, and even, you know, uh, Kip Kiddington, Turbo Magazine, Import Tuner, right? Mm. He's like, huh, there's something here. There's now something the, going on. Now the magazine started covering it, right? And all these people together blowing it up, right? Then it just started steaming, right? Middle backing everybody, you know what I mean? Getting all these organizations going, right? And then now domestic manager, Edelbrock, all the holly making products for these Hondas. Mm-hmm. Hondas was a new game. Skyrocket, skyrocket, 95. And it to this day, right? To this day, Hondas are still still relevant. Huge, right? Yep. And then now all us old fogies, right? <laughs> are wanting to feel young again, right? Now I'm spending $400 on a pair of CRX moldings that are only supposed to be 60 bucks. Can't find them. Right? So our demographic, right, 45 and up, right, or 42 and up, whatever, right, we want to feel young again. We want to rekindle. We're done. We got our houses. We got our kids. We got disposable amounts of money. We want to feel young again. We want to feel how it was back in the day, right? And so now you got... You know, the prices of all these old school Hondas and the parts to bring them back are bang, dude. Of course. And so what we're seeing is a return of the domestic industry with the Mustangs, but it's happening in our enthusiast market, right? And dude, are you gonna get a are you gonna get a VW? No, I have I have a CRX. And it but, and yeah. unfortunately I don't have time for the damn thing, but I'll get there, right? I think I think going on what you're saying, it, it, it makes total sense. You know, cars that were really just plain Jane Daly's '92 yeah. EG, right? That was back back in the day was a was a car that anybody had. Grandmas are driving them. You well, know? the 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 ticket was the scam that we all pulled when we were when we were going to college, right? We're telling mom and dad, "Hey, we need an economical car yeah. to go." Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So all of us were using that that scam with our parents, yes, to buy that car, and then some of us dropped off, and we're using that tuition money we we're getting from our parents to fix up our ride. Oh, I know, I know a couple people like that. Uh, for my neck of the my area, right in Southern California, UCI was labeled as the University of Civics and Integrity. You know what I mean? So, I mean, even me, I was. I, I was pre-med, right? But, you know, my story was, you know, we need a doctor. We need a doctor in the family. You need to be a doctor or a nurse or whatever, right? So I was like, all right, you know, doing good, 3.8, whatever, about to go to pre-med, and you have to have a mentor, right? The mentor goes, hey, Ron, why are you studying, you know, all this stuff, biology? I'm good at it. You know, it's fun. You know, it's it's. It's mechanical. There's some engineering behind it, right? The cardiovascular system, the circular, the, the, the filter system, whatever, right? And I go, well, he go, I go, I'm good at it. He goes, but do you love it? I go, nah, I'm 
was good at biology. Was, I don't love it. He goes, what do you love, Ron? I kind of love racing. <laughs> and you, him know, you know, yeah, I told him, I, lo- I love racing. You know, this was during the streets, right? right. This was early 90s. I was getting my biology degree done and, you know, geez, uh, maybe one semester left. You know, with a bachelor's in bio- biology with 3A, right? Trying to get in uh, pre-med, right? And he goes, well, do what you love. He goes, dude, I'm 40. I've been studying forever, right? And I'm still working. I'm still studying. And I can't get my youth back. Mm. He goes, do what you love, Ron. So I dropped the fuck out. Right? <laughs> that was a good mentor. I-, I hid that shit from my parents for a year and a half. Oh, wow. Right? And so you, were you like waking up acting like you're going to school? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I was going to the shop, bro. <laughs> so I, I wanted to be a surgeon. Right. And now I became a surgeon of cars. Right. And so it, it, it always, it, it always intrigued me, the exhilaration, that sort of thing. And, you know, car shows was cool. And then I retired away from all that stuff with all, all the, the success, but that, that adrenaline rush wasn't there. So obviously me and my brother, he was doing the racing. I was doing the car shows. I got sick of the car shows because, you know, you don't get no adrenaline rush with it. And we went full born racing, right? In 90, 97, 98, right? I started out racing and then realized I was like, damn, I'm blowing up too much shit. But anyways, we went, me and my brother went full bore with the CRX. Started getting crazy, breaking records, uh, wheelie bar stuff, and... What? So you had a lot of firsts, not to cut you off, but you had a lot of firsts with that CRX. Well, and yeah. even in the the front wheel drive um, community. community. Well, yeah, the exhilaration of, uh, uh, well, it starts at the street races, right? At the street races, you have to have cred, right? Street cred, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be a sucker when you're on the street races, right? You want to be able to roll up and they're like, damn, that's that CRX, right? The original guy who owned that, right? The original guy who owned that, right, was Robert Sapinosa, right? He, he had a lot of, of passion, right? He wanted to be the fastest that's on the street. When people saw him, they're like, yeah, there's that CRX that hauls ass, right? And you take down the king, whoever's king shit mm-hmm. at the races. That's right? a top dog. And then, you know, obviously I learned my shit talking from the street races. And so, you know, you start bringing, talking shit, bringing out the dogs, say, hey, I want you. Let's go for five, 500 right now, right? And then we took them down, and then it's all about street cred. Same thing goes at the at, at, at organized racing, right? You want to be able to be known as the fastest guy. <laughs> Robert Sapinosa, God bless his soul, right? Uh, uh, he got, believe it or not, he got murdered in that car. Wow. Right? Oh, wow. This was during the, uh, during the gangster, Asian gangster era mm-hmm. in the early 90s, right? And so we, me and Ed wanted to follow his passion to be known as the fastest guy. The guy who was actually pushing, I mean, don't get me wrong. We put our heart, blood, set soul into that CRX, but you know, Robert, God rest his soul was pushing that car. So what, what motor was in that car originally? Uh, originally it was yeah, my brother. Uh, he went to the library to come up with the engineering, the electrical schematics to convert from DX or HF to SI. So the HF was carbureted, right? Yeah, it was carbureted, okay. right? So, you know, of all places, right? <laughs> he would go, 
You lucky whippersnappers out there got Google, so you guys got no <laughs> excuses out there. So my brother goes to the library. Your brother was doing research. The public library and came up with all the schematics, right? And got it to run. And it, either he got the Canadian version, I don't know, right? And that car hauled ass. So going back real quick, so... Yeah, we going off a tangent. Well, anyway. Oh, that's, no, 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 that's no, no, all good. point of this. We go on tangents, but, but for those that have seen your car, and I have seen the CRX... You always had that SAP lift Stick, sticker. Just yeah, sticker. SAP. Yeah. Because yeah, of Robert the original Sapinoso. owner of the CRX was yeah. Robert Sapin Sapin Sapinoso. Yeah. Okay. And so. Y'all made that famous. Yeah. Well, it was famous. a tribute to everyone. I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, well, SAP lift, like, what was it for? And I never knew. So. Because that was before everybody would say, in memory of. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, he lives. That's something else that you he, he, kind of invented. Sap lives in the car. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? He right, lives. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, we're talking point blank, 10 rounds, but Ed was in the car too. Was this but, in street race? This was at a street race? No, this was. They were just driving around. on the street. It's on the street. Mistaken identity. But Damn. anyway, the soul of him was in that car to make it haul ass. And. Throughout our whole tenure with that car, I mean, dude, we were in the two-car garage looking at it, and we're like, what can we do? And then, it, weird thing, it started popping wheelies at testing. Like, the you know, centripetal, centripetal or centrifugal force would cause the tire to expand real quick, and it would jump at the launch. And we're like, so we're out there drinking beer and going, what can we do? One guy goes, hey, why don't we cut the car in half and extend it? You drank too much for that's gonna look stupid, right? And then that's like Kelly. You know, why don't we put wheelie bars on it like all those other characters? Another beer later. So I bought them. Janksters, 72 inch janksters, right? And then all of a sudden the car ran a 10, a 1053 or something. And we're like, oh, it's good, good, good. And those wheelie bars sat at my shop for six months. Before you put them about on? About a year. Before you guys even put them on? Before we even put them on. And then all of a sudden, uh, we are running into some more front-end problems. And we're like, it's time to put those bad boys on. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you guys debuted them in Englishtown. No, we debuted them at Palmdale. Palmdale? Okay, okay. so okay. here's another story, right? Here we go. This is the, now we're going to go on this wheelie bar story, right? So Stefan Papadakis shows up 1998 with Sean Carlson with that tube chassis thing. Yep. Right. So everybody, everybody's stuck at tens for like fucking year and a half, right? Year and a half. And everybody's wondering, how the fuck do you get into the nine? Right? How the hell are we gonna get a nine? 98 SEMA. You know, SEMA used to be cool, right? You can see the latest cars, blah, 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 right? So Stefan Papadakis and Sean Carlson show up with this tube chassis yellow and everybody on you know all the drag racers you name them are all gathered around this thing and they're like fuck you gotta build this to do nines and so stefan and sean carlson sean carlson rest his soul rest right in peace. peace sean carlson and stefan papadakis build this thing right and everybody's they set they set the example Right? They set the example. They, they broke the mold, right? Props to them, right? And people are going, what do I got access to build that shit, right? 
me and the boy, me and my uh, brother, uh, and the team at the time were like, "Fuck that! We'll just do more testing, right?" And so we finally put the wheelie bars on, right? It's March of '99. Step debuts that bad boy, right? And mind you, in the fall of 98, we finally got those wheelie bars on and we were testing them on Sundays because we knew no import guys would be there. It'd be all domestics. There ain't no young kids waking up early in the morning on Sunday to go testing. To go, go testing. Ain't nobody doing that, right? So we hid this motherfucker for a while, dude. For a while. We were testing it like crazy, right? And we got to, uh, what was it? We got to 1036, right? And so March Battle comes out, right? And Steph goes out there with that tube chassis thing, right? All right. And rolls, uh, I think uh, he rolls a 1010 in practice, right? And then ultimately he ran, landed a 998 first front wheel drive in the nines, right? At that same event, we rolled out of the trailer with wheelie bars. Fuck these dudes thinking, right? And we crack a 1036 and win that event, right? So uh, next race, three months later, I think it was June, June Palmdale, right? Everybody's got wheelie bars, right? And mind you, my, no, no, let me take that back. Bergenholtz Racing is big on testing. Test, 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 right? A month before that June race, right? We're testing up at Pomona. Right? Some street legal event, right? Mind you, the record's 998. We crack a 987 up in that pitch. Nice. Nice. And then Frank Joy calls me, is this true? You got a 987. Without tube chassis, you look at First unibody. Yeah, you look in that fucking car, it's got full interior, right? And then we show it up the Hot in Fortnite and we play that video over and over and over again, right? 998, uh, 987. It's not official, but I got the video, right? 987. So guess what happens? Palmdale comes and everybody's got wheelie bars. Even, even, uh, Steph's got wheelie bars. Go out there. We ran, uh, 987. He, Steph runs a 990, a 90, uh, 989. Mm. So we're throwing numbers at each other, right? So we're king for, I don't know, probably a month. Right? And then he comes back out there and runs a 976. And then we run a night because we got eliminated early. So we were in the exhibition line going up against him. I think on my uh, social media, there's a there's a picture of this means war. And it's Steph's tube chassis car against ours. So Steph takes the record for a front wheel drive at 976. And we're at a 982 or something. So at that point... And this boils down to the championships of 05 and 06 or what Bergenholz Racing is all about, right? And so we wanted to prove that you didn't need all that. You didn't need to spend all that money building the Jeep chassis car. We did it with a unibody. a unibody car, right? You said to work for it. Huh? You had to work for it. Well, yeah. You, in anything. You well, I even it. remember like when the wheelie bar came out. Chris Rado went to the extreme. Hey, right? my motherfucker put hydraulic. He put hydraulic <laughs> in his wheelie really bar. So, and everyone's like, damn, this guy is really trying to, yeah. you know, bring. So it was great to make that impact, right? And do crazy shit like that. And it, 
to put you honestly, it gets addicting doing crazy shit like that, right? Even in <laughs> stupid, right? But even in the car show scene, right? I was raising my car like I don't know, fucking four feet off the ground and putting mirrors underneath that bit, bringing a DJ and a smog machine just for a presentation. That, that was the thing back then. Yeah. So doing crazy shit's always been dope. You know what I mean? And you know, especially being the underdog and showing and giving hope, right? That you don't need to spend uh, so much money. Oh, yeah, good one. I'm going to quote, and I still use this quote to this fucking day, right? When I first, when we came here for Team California and we met Vinny 10 because <laughs> he came in, he's talking. He's all talking all this shit. shit, right? And I was like, damn, I like this guy. That's that and, New York in him. Yeah, I love it. That, mm-hmm. that, I, I love the East Coast, right? I like the bravado. Uh, I'll have to say, right, out of all the, this doesn't count for Formula D, but uh, for drag racing, the best fans, the most craziest fans we've ever experienced is English Town or New Jersey. Uh, Either Raceway Park or ACO. You guys have the best fans. They and ACO, they either love you, hate you because there's those stands right at the start. Oh, it's right there. Either they fucking boo the shit out of you or they love you. You get booed twice at ACO because they'll boo you at the starting line and also on return. (laughs) I was was back in the day. I I was clowning fucking Lacalia there. But, anyways, uh, 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 it's always good to do gangster shit, right? Or do, do things. The underdog. I'm a big underdog guy. I'm a big Rocky guy. I'm a big, you know, Cinderella man guy. Movies for me inspire me. And underdog stories are always the shit, right? So uh, throwing numbers like that and doing ingenious shit is pretty dope. Obviously, uh, as time went on, Wheelie Bars was one. Fighting with Steph was another. And then after that, you know, Tube Chassis was the way to go. And... GM comes. And he was, oh, this is good. You know, it's good. We got manufacturer support coming in. And it was dope back in the day because you had Dodge with Carlson. You had Honda with Steph. You had Ford, uh, Ford, Ford with Nelson. With, with Nelson. No, not uh, Nelson. Uh, he started off with Carlson. And then Carlson. Ford was Carlson. Yeah. Remember, he made that Ford fuck. Oh, no, fuck Fo- focus. 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 <laughs> a lot of other guys. Are... Anyways. So, <laughs> so, and then GM comes in and they come in hard. They would surround their whole their whole pit. No, no. They, even motors, they transmissions. They with just Nelson, Hoyos, and... Uh, Marty Ladwig. Marty. And Marty Ladwig, right? Yep. In the hot rod class. And I thought Marty was, was Chevy. Yeah, yeah, but GM, GM, GM. GM. Oh, I thought GM, 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 GM. No, no, no. You're saying you're stupid. GM had a lot and of. We cars. were Mazda, right? Hey, bro, so Mazda, but you were Honda. Well, okay, here. So what, what happened there, right? Um, in order- wait, hold on. Let me let me rephrase that. So why did you switch from Honda to Mazda? All right. So the game started to get a little bit uh, pricier, right? And so you need you need support to build a tube chassis car. I mean. It's a major investment. You need a fabricator to build a car basically out of thin air. You know what I mean? It's not like you buy a unibody car and, and it already exists. And you just bolt on a bunch of stuff and it's done, right? With a tube chassis, you got to build that stuff from the ground up on a jig, right? And so that requires money. Um, we had proposed something like that with Honda, but 
you know, they already had good partners with Papadakis and Adam Sardari. No doubt about it. You don't have room for more. Mad respect if, if that's what you can do. So we had to look elsewhere. And so uh, Todd Koneko, who used to sponsor, uh, he was Fast Tracks Turbo, sponsored the CRX. He worked for Mazda. And so we're like, hey, man, we want to build this two tracks car, blah, 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 blah. He goes, yeah, let's do it. I was just like, really? And so Mazda believed in us. They weren't running a program. They liked how all the major manufacturers were involved in the pro front wheel drive program, right? And so, you know. They saw the opportunity. Yeah, manufacturers like to fight amongst each other. And they use people like us to show the, you know, the talent. The ca ca capacity. Of fit, right? Yeah. Uh, to show that their products are better than the other one. And boy, we talked a lot of mad smack on GM back in the day. But um, so we built the Mazda, right? When me, Vince, Ed, Sav, I'm naming off the people. I got to give them props. Ramel, Kurt, uh, we did a lot of R&D. We blew up a lot of stuff. Um, dude, me and Vince lived at Golden Eagle trying to figure stuff out. We outsourced stuff. Um, we cracked a couple heads. Yeah, we realized that Vince was just like, was Dave involved with this? Uh, or not? He was, he, he did a, a few heads for us, right? Just clean ups and stuff like that, right? But you have to understand a factory, now mind you, Honda heads, those are some crazy shit, right? But on a Mazda head, there's, there's some shortcomings, right? You gotta be careful, right? And so we have to do very little because we're talking, you know, back in the day, 40 pounds was a lot. You know what I mean? It was a lot of pounds yeah. of boost, right? Yeah. And so we'd run into problems. We'd break all kinds of stuff. Vince was just like, dude, screw this. We're going to figure it out ourselves. So we lived at the shop. Um, we built our own motors. Uh, we didn't outsource any of that stuff anymore. Um, we figured if we're going to blow up, we're going to do it at our hands. On your terms. Yeah, rather than play the blame game. I don't want to deal with that, right? None of us did, right? So we'd always put our heads together, figure it out. Same thing, beers, look at the situation. Six, six heads are better than one. Seven heads are better than one. And we'd try different things and test it nonstop. We lived at Palmdale, right? And, you know, after all those blow-ups, right, it's only a matter of time till it comes around. Right. So everything comes together. Yeah. And it was hard in 2004. It was hard in part of 2003, but we kept at it. Uh, never say die. Oh, I forgot to say, uh, the, the Vinny 10, right? Vinny 10 in e anything I do. In fact, I, I tell everybody the same thing when they're like, oh, well, they have more. They have more people. They have more talent. They have more backing, right? Vinny 10 said it best. And to this day, I will remember it till the day I die. I may not have a million dollars, Ron, but I got a million fucking ideas. Yeah. And so with that, that mantra, that, that quote, you know, we've always said, never say die, never say die, never say die, never say die. Then 2000, GM came out hard. A lot of people in Hot Rod started falling off. Mm -hmm. In fact, GM took the approach of grabbing your boys, your New Jersey boy, and it's a couple of these boys picked off Gardella. Yep, picked off all the all these ex Honda talents. Jason Hunt, Hunt, 
Um, and they got rid of uh, Chuck. Couldn't could Chuck couldn't uh, Seth Singer, Seth Singer. He he couldn't compete anymore either because it was like yeah, so was crazy to go G against G GM. GM was making it that much harder. They oh, came out. They, they came, came out with money. strong. Yeah, and with all the backing of their facilities and their R and D and their talent and their accredited team, you know, this was a walk in the park. So at the time, uh, it, me, it, it was 2004, late. So GM started going strong. People started falling off. People started giving up, right? Well, it took half the field. Yeah. Almost. Well, in Hot Rod. In Hot Rod. Hot Rod, they were losing hope. Pro wheel drive was in itself just completely unattainable sometimes. And it was 2004, fall, almost Christmas. Uh, uh, Abel Ibarra had told, we were like, damn, Wally would be cool. Abel Ibarra goes, These, those motherfuckers are hard to get, man. And then we all look at Jerry like, fuck it. We, I don't got a million dollars, but I got a million fucking ideas, right? Go over the computers, blah, blah, blah. What can we do? Reviewing footage. Looking at dialogues, right? And then Florida, round one happens, right? Uh, West Palm Beach. And shit, the strategies we used in December at testing worked and we won. This is NHRA Sports Cup. NHRA actually. Sport Cup, we won. We're like, well, it's kind of awesome. Wally. It's Wally number it's one. It's kind of cool. So when you finally realize that you can get one, you getting, you can get getting one. multiple comes out easy. That's when 2005, yeah. and mind you, oh man, dude. Oh, every round I was looking at points, looking at points, looking at points. GM's coming out harder and harder. And we're constantly competing, winning because of Ed's reaction time. Uh, because... We weren't winning with brute. We weren't winning with brute horsepower. We were planting everything we earned in at Golden Eagle. Vince's hard work. Ed behind the Ed and Derek. Oh, I forgot Derek Ige too. He's part of our team. Um, them behind the computers, coming up with different strategies. We had to use our brains that much more collectively. And collectively yep. as a group. And the hard work and sleeping, me and Kurt sleeping in the trailer and blowing up stuff and figuring out how to piece together stuff. And then the championship happened. We're like, damn, we can do this. We can do this, right? So we got our confidence. We knew we could do it. We're doing, we were doing stuff that not even GM was doing. What, what Mazda motor were you using? It was a two, 2.3 uh, Dura, Dura, uh, Duratec or, uh, jeez, uh, MZR motor. MZR. That came in that, what, what car, what platform? It comes in a factory, uh, Mazda Speed 6 or a factory okay. speed, factory Mazda Speed 3, right? And that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, it's a stock block with a Golden Eagle sleeve in it, right? And then GM comes back in 2006 with three more cars. Damn it. Right. And then they, they come out with an engine program where they bring a trailer and then they're unloading motors for all the teams. Now, mind you, our team, you know, we build our own shit. 
So how many mo how many spares did you have? Well, the team will make fun of me because I would only build one. Me and Vince would only build one spare, and the team would I'd be like, "Hey, only half track pass, okay? Only half." <laughs> Fucking head runs a full pass. I go, dude, man, now we got a lap fucking valve. <laughs> Shit like that. No, because the head, you know, I can't get brand new head. The head just goes. So you're going to lap out. But anyways, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the resources they had. And like, what engine management? Motec? Motec. Yeah, Motec. Motec all the way. Motec to this day, right? And but man, I just, what were so you using in the CRX? Motec? That was uh, Motec. Okay. So, yeah. so you probably one of the first guys to use Motec. Yeah. Or stay, or actually just even stayed with uh, it. Nah. Uh, Ed learned learned tuning. Georgia Ionu, bullish racing. Mm -hmm. Um, Titan, Motec. But I'm I'm saying like on the Honda side. Nah, there was more. We weren't the first. I mean, too, we had all kinds of garbage in there. We had Peck. Uh, we call it Fucktel, but we had Pectel in there. Uh, OG DFI was the first. After OG DFI, Fucktel or Pectel, and then Motec finally, right? But Motec's like, you know, that's like Louis Vuitton, bro. Oh yeah, it's always been it's always been that. Yeah, that's well, straight Gucci. OG DFI was DOS. Yeah, that was like <laughs> three hundred bucks, but it worked. Yeah, yeah and even when we ran those wheelie bars and all that, yeah, that was I had that on my DFI, Buick. Yeah, DOS. Yeah, I had that on my Buick. But uh. <laughs> Anyways, with the 2005-2006 championship, man, GMB was just getting hard. And then 2006, they come out even, even hard. hard. God. And three more cars. In fact, they put some hot rod cars in pro front wheel drive. We're like, dang. Man. Right? That's what I'm saying. That They literally took like over half the field. Yeah, they took about yeah. half the field. And I, I want to plant the seed that you guys heard. If you've never been to the track, you might be so young, you don't even know who we're talking about. But they would surround the entire, like their whole camp. Yeah, they had a with, GM camp. Yeah, but it made sense to have the GM camp because now you can put the support trailer right in the middle, the motors, the transmissions, and mind you, these guys didn't come with one spare. No, these fools were they coming. Surrounded. In. They they came in with like four motors in that trailer, probably three transmissions, rear end, all kinds of stuff in that trailer, right? And so all the teams had to do was if they blew a motor, they just chuck one another in, one. right? If you blew another one, just chuck one in. My my crew, we we don't have that luxury. We gotta treat that motor in the utmost respect. We can't chuck you're not putting fifty pounds of boost to that one, because I'm gonna be broke. Yeah. I'm gonna be straight up broke. Right? Burger Olds racing gonna be bankrupt. Chapter eleven, bro. No, 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 no. Ed, no, you are not putting 50 pounds of boost in there. We, we got, this is what we got in our pocket, right? We know it'll handle 40 pounds of boost, maybe, right? You never know, maybe. It's maybe on the I'll cuff, it's stuck, on the cuff at 40 maybe already. Maybe I'll have a stuck injector, maybe the turbo will blow up. Yeah, you never know, right? This is what we got, we're not pushing it, right? Whereas them, they, they can get away with that. So with God's good graces, you know, after all that, right? Um, we're, we'll pull up, pull off the second championship back to back 2005, 2006. And, you know, we went on a tear, you know, it, it, it's one thing that Kobe put it best on his last championship, him and his crew at the Lakers, right. Is 
his championship, what they fought through with the Celtics and all that stuff, you'll take to the diet. Same thing with my crew, right? Obviously, me and my me and Ed are brothers, right? But I'll be safe to say that Vince Tiaga is our brother. Derek Ige, who's the oldest, is our he's he he's the voice of reason. Derek Ige is our brother. He works for Mazda. Um, uh, uh, Sav Leone, he's our brother, right? Ramel Figueroa, he's our brother. Kurt Gasper, he's our brother. Those are all our brothers. Nate, you know what I mean? No, Nate. They, Nate. They, they, Nate not, was part of Jota. Oh, yeah. Not, not a brother. Not a brother. Well, not, a, not a brother. He's he Asian. He's a brother. But <laughs> <laughs> at the time, he he still. You know what? Uh, Nathan's my brother, right? No okay. doubt about it, right? Not in that team, though. <laughs> but no, not with what our team went through, being dragged through the mud, through the fire. Through the trenches that they call Dude, it these days. Seven out of uh, six out of our eight people on our team are bald. We all lost our hair, stressing out through 05 and 06, looking at points, wondering if we're going to be able to make it next round, wondering if we're going to able, be able to go even closer because, dude, GM, I mean, dude, when Steph was throwing numbers against us at Palmdale, when everybody was fighting to get in the nines or who the hell was going to get in the nines. Dude, GM took it up like just turning it up. Notches. I mean, uh, I, I'm not gonna say. You know, I'd love to say that it took years off my life. You know what I mean? But in a way, it made us all stronger, made us all closer to be able to uh, accomplish that against all odds. The I mean, underdog. It's dude, definitely David and Goliath's story. Dude, I was yeah. every round, every time it build a mortar, I was watching Rocky Four. I was watching Cinderella Man. I was watching Boiler Room. All kinds of stupid shit while you're doing shit, right? So that way, in the background, you're talking, don't give up. Don't give up. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Right? And shit, we're able to pull it off in 05, oh, no, 06. Uh, 07, uh, obviously, uh, Something changed. Uh, we lost Vince, and um, you know we're we were kind of strapped, but we still fought on, right? And then obviously, and you know, NHRA bowed out, gave it to Nopi, and then we all know where that went. Right? So closing off the NHRA chapter, how many tro uh, how many Wallys do you guys end up with? Jeez, uh, if you know, two time. championship, two championship Wallys. That's the big Wally. Oh five and oh six, the big gold suckers. Right. And then 10, 10, 10 of the little shorty guys. Uh, one of them, which I don't count, Topeka. Topeka wasn't, wasn't really good. Uh, but why are these trophies today? Are they your uh, The originals are at my house. Okay. Uh, Ed's got a set at his house. And then we gave a championship trophy uh, to uh, most of the team. That's awesome. And then, cool. obviously, yeah, the knitter ring. That's what's up. Um, hey, real quick, I want to. I'm going to go tangent real quick. So, you know, we're um, we're from the East Coast, right? Obviously, I want. Were you guys close? Do you guys know each other? You know, with that that group of Honda drag racing lakes. You know, like Steph Papadakis, oh. Jojo Callos. You know, um, were you guys all like? Did you know? Did you like hang out with each other, or like were you enemies before all? The we were enemies. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but back in the day before all this started, right, we were part of a crew called Wicked Racing. Bit Lamb, 
Stephen Papadakis used this. Charles, Ma- Dr. Charles Madrid, uh, 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 Hilliard, uh, us. Uh, I had my Integra, and our crew was so big, right, that everybody would try to beat up. You know what I mean? Cyber racing. There's a saying goes, fuck cyber. That's sort of thing. Tony Fuchs. You know yeah. what I mean? Dave Shee. Right. right. Silver Bullet. He was right. part of Wicked Racing. So, um, so how many crews were so Wicked Racing, Cyber, Cyber, uh, Precision, uh, uh, I forgot, uh, Shoreline Racing, uh, that were racing at Battle, but this was in early 90s. And then, you know, as racing started progressing, then, you know, people started having their own identities. That's how it started. You guys had your crews, you hung yeah. out with each other, you did. But the silly thing, even, uh, you know, we're drifting this weekend and Stefan Papadakis' crew is full of a bunch of guys that are wicked racing. Really? Yeah. Like Sean Hillier, he's wicked racing. Uh, Mario is wicked racing. Steph is wicked racing. And they're all drag racer mentality. But, you know, we're all, we were all sort of friends, but um, me personally, right? I had, I had a hatred towards GM and how they came in and they basically, I don't want to say, did they mess they it up? They made it hard, made it hard for everywhere. And your common man or your common kid, young man, right? Damn. But did you push them to the point where they had to spend that money well, to, cause they, if they're going to spend money, they want to see some kind of Wally. They want to see the same stuff. Well, that's the corporate. Yeah, that's the corporate, like... Yeah, but the grassroots way, building it, was, you know, to have that parity. But when you have a conglomerate, and it's never happened before, come in with that much backing. I mean, even Sean Carlson was doing his own engine R&D. You know what I mean? Uh, Steph was doing his own R&D with his his motors. But they still couldn't do it, though. You know, Mazda didn't build our motors. Yeah. Yeah. GM came in, guns a-firing. Right, guns. If I had much respect, right? Well, or, considering that I don't have any affiliations with it from a fan perspective, GM totally destroyed the sport. Well, that's, that's how I see it. Well, because from the grassroots perspective, GM is. When I was a kid, I was a kid growing up and watching you guys. GM was not cool. Yeah, I didn't want anti. Yeah. I didn't want to drive. Want oh, I'm going to buy a Cobalt now because I no. see it running no. down there. Anybody want to? I wanted a. I wanted to see a Cavalier. Right. No, oh, let's get a Cavalier with the EcoBoost. I'm not going to pick up no chicks with that Cavalier. Right. No. Like from my perspective, it ruined the sport because I saw CRXs, I saw Hondas, and I loved that type of import racing that made me want it. And when I saw GM, I'm like, this isn't like my. It's it wasn't. There was a dark. It, there was a dark era. After 2008, for import racing, it lacked. You got it's resurgent. It's resurgent like crazy now for the past. I don't know, eight, seven, six, eight years or whatever. But there was a dark period where everybody's like, "Dude, I'm not doing this," and the timing couldn't be any more impeccable. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And GM bowed out. Since GM bowed out, Dodge bowed out, Mazda bowed out. They all bowed out, right? So, but for that happened and that's the past right and that's that's interpretations and observations and you just put it on the way you see it right this for me personally right uh the head of gm right we went to uh sabs Savioni, our brother's wedding last year right 
And, you know, Sav is originally an East Coast guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Informed yeah. Informed. Informed. yeah. straight yeah. up from PA, yeah. right? And then, you know, Vince and Sav are, are tight. And Sav, you know, he wasn't really going anywhere with the shop, right? And so Vince gave him a job at GM. So Sav and Vince both work at GM. So we went to his wedding. And, you know, GM for me personally, has always been the enemy and I have a, not sour, but you know, it's competitive. You know, I, I almost hate, hate, you know, a hatred, right? It's like the Boston Celtics and the Lakers, right? Anybody <laughs> who is a Laker or whoever is a Celtics hates them. Even, uh, what's his name? The logo, jeez, uh, as you get older, you forget name. Anyways, the logo for the NBA, he says he will never ever wear green because he's a Laker, right? So in this case, same thing with, with our team, or at least Bergenholtz Racing, or me. No, you know what? Just me personally. So it's PTSD. Or no, man, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Okay. flashbacks. Yeah. All those times you think I drive a GMC Dually, but anyways. <laughs> they do build um, good so trucks, though, by the way. We, yeah, they do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we run into the head guy who was the coordinator of all that. At Russ, the wedding? Ross Oblinas, right? And I went up to him. And I said, hey, thank you. I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for you guys. I go, thank you. I go, dude, going through what you guys put us through, right? I would have never learned learned to the most, ex- I mean, my eyeball starting there. He's, he's, he's twitching. His, eye, his eyes are he, twitching right now. TSD again. <laughs> Need some room, bro. <laughs> I would have never been the person I am today if it wasn't for their, their, their torture intensity. Oh my God. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Thank you too. You know, he goes, you upped our game too. He goes, in fact, you know what? I'm going to quote it. Uh, I don't think it came from Russ. It came from, I think the tutor where, if they were caught in a bind, they would go, what would Bergenholtz do? <laughs> I got yeah. that inside information. Yeah. I was just saying, what would oh, Bergenholtz cool. do? And he wouldn't a, turn up the boosts. For us, our team, <laughs> our team, right? Dude, our team was a bunch of nitwits, okay? None of us held a degree. None of us had any accommodations. None of us had any accommodations in traditional motorsports, NASCAR, whatever, right? Vince was a guy off the street. I, I don't have any degrees in engineering or anything. Ed doesn't have any deg- degrees in engineering, <laughs> right? Um, the only thing we can say is, you know, yeah, we put a wheelie bar on because we were drunk, right? <laughs> but it was a team of misfits. And what I'm getting at with this is, is it's, 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 it's not what you have, it's what's in your heart and what you're willing to sacrifice to accomplish impossible yeah right uh the latest here here perfect latest top gun movie right at the end when maverick and rooster spoiler alert are are, are flying that everybody's watched it right are flying an f-14 tomcat old piece of shit right and and maverick tom cruise is going dude we have no chance against these Phantom uh, stealth fighter. And Rooster quotes Tom Cruise and says, hey, Maverick, it's, it, it's not about the plate. It's about the pilot. 
And what does Tom Cruise do? He fucking knocks those. He, with his old ass F-14 Tomcat from what? The 80s, 70s? 70s or 80s. 70s, right? He knocks. Well, of course, it's a fucking. It's a movie. It's a movie, but still, the, the story at hand, right? And I'm a big movie buff, right? He knocks him out. You know what I mean? Even uh, Rocky was fake, but you know, those those underdogs stories inspire speaking of movies what's your most go-to movie you will watch over and over again oh man over and over again oh um damn it oh this one's perfect right um damn it uh jeez i'll tell you mine just to help you shawshank redemption that's a good shawshank's good but um, it's long, so you could always like. It's like I could cut here. Well, uh, Rooster, that actor, Rooster, he's a drummer, and uh, basically, that story. What the hell was it, dude? I I would highly recommend if you guys are in a competitive competitive environment to watch it. I'll come up with it something. Damn it, it'll come to you. All right. Anyways, but that's the movie I watch constantly, even when I get. Um, Problem being that the most evil you can get is being is is being complacent. Complacent's fucking hard, dude. When you become complacent, that's the that's an enemy. It's nice to be able ah yeah, I can breathe now, right? Complacency for me is is just plain evil. You got to strive. You got to go above and beyond, right? And that gets your blood pumping. That makes you strive for greatness. You know what I mean? Mamba mentality, right? If you're going to do anything, right? We, we discussed this outside. When you do anything, you do it 110%. Even, even something as simple as wiping your ass, right? 110%. If, if you don't wipe it good, later on, you're going to be scratching. And guess what happens? If you're scratching, there's going to be skid marks. And then after you got skid marks, your wife's going to go, dude, I'm not washing that. And it gets thrown away and you lose money. Right? Great analogy. So, so in anything you do, something as simple as wiping your ass, right? You gave it 110%. So in essence, in in anything you do, even stepping foot onto the competitive environment, you put it all out there. You have to. All out there. That's why uh, the past playoffs, I give it all up to Miami Heat. Miami Heat was a bunch of people from the street, undrafted players. Number eight seed that had to go through two bullshit rounds to get that eight seed, right? They're guys off the street. They weren't even drafted. And what did they do? They make it to the finals. It's true. They won. They won one. Yeah, they, they, won, they won one, one game. They yeah, won they won one. one. Where the Lakers, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a Laker for life, right? Lakers got swept with a bunch of stars. So what I'm getting at is in anything you do, in any type of competitive well, even wiping, even wiping your ass, right? But um, in any competitive environment, it's even more better to give 130%. But the problem being is, what are you willing to sacrifice? Kobe put it best. Are you willing to sacrifice being a good friend? Are you willing to sacrifice being a good father? Are you willing to sacrifice not sleeping? Are you willing to sacrifice instead of being on your, your fucking phone, studying, studying tape? You know what I mean? Even... Even when I was coaching basketball, right? And mind you, 
these are, uh, I don't know, my kid was nine or 10, right? Dude, I was studying tape, studying tape. And I was going, I was analyzing each possession and each defensive possession on why it was successful or why it was a failure. Right? It's important. Yeah. So you go with it 110% and you got to be, this is stupid, right? This is one thing I hate about the new generation, right? We're going to give away fucking 15th place ribbons. Participation uh, We're going to have a, a dog that helps you feel better about yourself because you failed. Get the fuck out of here, right? You failed. You failed. That's it. Right? You failed. Even if you get second place, right? If you get second place, that means you're first place loser, right? But no, I need a dog to make me feel better and go, oh, well, yeah, I can be better. Dude, you failed. You failed. So yeah. what are you going to do about it? Demonetized. What are, what are you, you going to do about it? You're going you're gonna to cry in some corner? Uh, <laughs> right? You got to go on. I'm, big, I'm a big fan of Kobe, dude, right? And of course, that comes from Jordan. I'm a big fan of Jordan, but Kobe was more vocal about it. Jordan kept to himself, right? So Kobe, his daughter's team, rest in peace, uh, Gigi, um, they had gotten 15th place. And mind you, this is Kobe coaching, right? And they wanted to break the trophy or whatever, right? He goes, no, put that up on your, put that in the first thing you wake up in the fucking morning. Put that up there so you remember, fuck, that sucked. And they got a 15th place trophy. Are you kidding me? And he goes, no, don't be sad. Look at your failures for growth. You have to, right? So, and, well, I'm so sorry. I'm interrupting you. You have gotten me thinking. You, you have like a, a, a hack for people who don't go through that kind of stuff. So like there's a lot of people are going to be lazy. They're not going to want to do that. And they have to push through the suck. Well, right? here, here's the thing, right? That's Com what we're talking about, competing, right? We're pushing through the suck. When you're, yeah. when you're competing, it depends on where your passion is, but the way I see it, see it, whether it's YMCA, AAU, racing professionally, but screw that. If you're just playing pool, right? Or well, now I guess not competitive pool, let's say, right? Dude. Even wiping your ass. Well, I give up on that. Well. <laughs> so that must mean you got a bad day. Yeah. You know, it's good you brought him. You got a big day. He lights it up. But <laughs> you need that guy. But anyway, so can we? When, yeah. when on, on, on a competitive environment, right? When you step foot to compete, are you there to win? Or are you there just to participate? Right? And there's no, um, you know, you tried. Famous words of Yoda. There is no try. There's do or do not. There is no try. Right? And so when you compete, you go all the way. 110%. If you're there to be famous, get the fuck out of here. So, yeah. so get the fuck out of here. You know what, what Dave was trying to say? Oh, you lived you... through that. What is, you know, hmm? what were the things that you, the, the suck part, what really sucked about it? What was like your lowest in, in the race, well, in drag racing? Well, you had the blowing up, mo blowing up motors against GM. And then how did you push through that? Like you guys kept blowing motors, kept blowing, like Vince what? almost gave up. Vince, Vince almost gave up. He gave up. And for me personally, right, even as a, as a unit, right, as a unit, even in this, this world we live in, even in this world we live in where 
economically, it's obscenely harder to stay alive on this planet now. Obscenely harder. Working hard isn't enough anymore, right? So sucks, but competitively, even staying alive on, in, in the, in, in, on this earth, you have to compete to stay alive, right? So you're competing just to stay alive, to make ends meet, compete. And mind you, when, when you have your back against the wall, right? When you have your back against the wall, you have one of two things to do. Either you're going to cry like a bitch, right? Or you're going to, or you're going to use your, your head through. and you're going to fight your way through. And it's, it's a pain in the ass to fight your way through, but you'll be that much more wiser and that much more stronger, right? Um, and for me, that's the only way to fly. That's the only way to fly. And if you, and I try to teach my kids and instill that in, I tell them nonstop, I go, if you ain't stressing and trying to fight through something, you're not making progress. There's a saying in drive racing or racing that goes, if you ain't breaking shit, you ain't trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're not pushing it. You're not pushing it. So you're the, probably the more intense people I've ever met. And you have this fire in your belly to like all, like everything you hit, you hit it with 110%. Well, let me, let me put it this way, okay? For, thir for 30 fucking years, even when I was freestyling, right? Dude, I, I remember I was fucking 14, 14 years old, right? Competing Flatland, 14, 15 novice against 62 heads. I fucking won. I won, right? Even at the even before that, me and my brother. Here, you want to know what Ber the roots of Bergenholz racing is, right? Back in the day, right? GI Joes, right? Something is G. Everybody's collecting GI Joes in the neighborhood, right? You'd have GI Joe parties, right? Because oh, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Right? I had the maddest fucking GI Joe collection. Maddest, the best of the fucking block. You want to see somebody's GI Joe collection? You come to my fucking house. I got the fucking deal. Then Star Wars. Had the maddest Star Wars collection, right? <laughs> got in the bikes. Got in the bikes. Went winning events. I unfortunately I threw away all those fucking trophies, right? The only one I kept was this. It was a uh, silver plated Converse shoe. First, first That's a nice trophy. Fourteen fifteen bracket, sixty two fucking competitors, right? So, me and my brother have always had this fire in their ass. Pause. Uh, to 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 be the best. So you know what I mean. So Ron, because you have you had that passion, the fire, the competitiveness. Do you think that everyone can be competitive, or do you think it's only meant for a certain amount of people out there? What's what's your take on that? Damn, you know what's funny is the youth today have been able to finesse it, right? Um. I'll admit it. I'm a purist. Okay. I'm a purist. Um, to them, to some, some people success, success is through likes, uh, subscribers, uh, the cash money, the cash money that comes in because of those, those, uh, marketing assets. Right. But I'll tell you this much fucking much, right. The adrenaline rush from serving somebody their ass when you beat them. Even for me as a basketball coach, 
right? Adrenaline rush. It's not replicated. You can't replicate. And here's the thing. Here, you ask about it. Can anybody get into this? When you get a taste of winning, of uh, of winning, of being, uh, of going above and beyond, right, and accomplishing it and realizing it, that shit's addictive. It's addictive, and you end up doing that throughout most of your life. And there's not many people who are going to get it, right? Um, if if and not many people can attain or realize that taste, that feeling. It's a lot of work. That 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 journey mm-hmm. to it. Um, I mean, it's not I'm easy. A, I'm a, I'm a sucker because you know, in order to make a million dollar, not that I've never seen a million dollars, but um, it takes a lot of financial resources, right, to even pull it off, right? But you know, not many people uh, experience that and, you know, shit, screw it. I, I'm making a lot of money. I'm buying cool stuff. But viewers out there, um, if you ever get a taste of it, man, it's not, you have e- to want it. not even $100 million. Like here, take for instance, right? I'll give it a good, good example, right? Um, I'm a billionaire, right? I formed these amazing companies, right? And you know, a company, you know, shit. My company's worth, I'm a billionaire, right? Cool, right? Uh, that billionaire who's at the bottom of the ocean right now, right? I don't, I, you know, hopefully they get found, right? That's why he goes to go see, you know. He's uh, willing to take the risk. He takes the risk to get, I don't think the exhilaration is of going, oh, well, that's the Titanic. Let's just say that you've done it. <laughs> I went to the Marianas Trench. Ah, yeah, cool. I've been to Mount Everest. Ah, you know, you look around and it was an accomplishment to get there. If you, you, you know, he was taken down in a sub and went down there. He was taken down in a sub to Marianas Trench. To climb Mount Everest, that's one thing, right? But when you get a taste, a fucking taste, right? Of, uh, 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 of going above and beyond and winning. Fucking winning, dude. It's fucking crazy. I, I think part of what you're saying, though, is that that risk, right, and overcoming that risk, because you have to. But it came naturally. You have to be. You have to be willing to fail. Well, you have to learn how to fail, and then learn how to come through that failure to get to that to the other side of it. Well, it starts off at the. It starts off because you have to have, as a human being, right, uh, amongst other human beings in a competitive environment, you don't want to be soft or at least that's where my area is right you want to be able to go yeah that guy's good that guy's good that's a bad motherfucker right yeah yeah, that's a bad motherfucker right and so competition brings that i and i would imagine some businessmen right who have accomplished becoming a billionaire right fought through it right and then all of a sudden they sit back after they fought out this company or fought out that company or fought off government regularly like I can breathe, right? That's one thing, right? But when you're, and the story of uh, Phil Knight, if you've read his book, Shoe Dog, right? He went through a lot of shit, selling shit out of his car. And if you saw the latest, oh, that's another good one. Uh, Ben Affleck, right? 
with Matt Damon. Watch that fucking movie. It's not about the shoe. Air. It, yeah, air. If you watch that movie, it's not about the shoe. It's about the guy who was the scout for Nike, right? And his drive. And mind you, that was a center a center NBA, and everybody's picking center. And so what does this guy do? He picks a guard. Yep. But the reason he did it is because he knew in his heart this was it. He knew in his heart and all his passion, and he pulled it off. Th that's one comparison, right? Going above and beyond and risking it all. Yeah, the risk. Risking his out. career. Getting fired by Phil Knight, right? With so, Ron, did you risk it all? Well, you know what? I risked. I, I risked. I, I don't remember my firstborn when he was small. I don't remember him. I don't remember what he did. I remember a few things, but I wasn't there for him. That was during the racing time. Yeah, I, I wasn't there for him. I don't remember his first. Oh, no, I do remember his first. That's what I, I sacrificed that. I sacrificed being a good husband. My wife, there's a saying that goes with every great racer. There's a good woman behind him. I, my wife was a single parent. You are on the road. I was on the road. Um. Uh, so it was more, you know what? It was more of that fire in your fire in your heart. That's what it was to not take shit. You know what I mean? And he, the biggest thing I talk about it with uh, the guy I work for now, and it's not more car related; it's business related. Where you could see the development of this land or whatever, right? You could see it. You know how it's going to go. You know where everything's placed. And then you'll do at any cost, right? Because you want to see that vision come to reality. Same thing with the racing. Realistically, probably 98%, 99%. The general population is never going to feel something like that. Um, but when they do, when they, that one, those people that get a touch of it, Man, it, it's, it's hard to shake off. Yeah, and the thing that's cool, which will be better, is that um, in anything you do, um, you won't take anything less anymore. From And you'll make sure you surround yourself around people who want that. But um, I think sometimes people 98% of people, they're going to fail. This isn't, this isn't for everybody. No. It, it, but... When, when you get a taste of it? Well, the problem is when you fail, a lot of people are just going to stay there. And they're not going to, they're going to be what was me. They're not going to like want to move on from that. They're not going to pick themselves up and say, or figure out them. why they failed. I am not going to take that. Well, yeah. And they're, more they're like, and that sucked. And I don't want to do it ever, ever again. again. I don't ever feel that yeah. again. But guys like us, fuck that. Yeah. You ain't going to get me down. Well, and I don't think that it. helps you guys, right? From from where you where where you guys grew up is uh, uh tri-state area has that bravado. <laughs> I, I love New York, I love New Jersey. Like fuck this. I, I love Philly. Yeah. Um I, I I I like I like the bravado out here. It's like, you know what I mean? Eh, go fuck yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you don't see that shit in I mean my you know, I, I lived in Cali for thirty three years and now I reside in Houston, feeling. but you know, you don't see that shit in, in Cali. You don't see that shit. 
you know, but inevitably to your premise, right? Yeah, not not many people are are gonna, not gonna move do beyond that. it. They're not no. gonna do it. They're gonna say, Oh, look at all these GM cars. I'm not gonna win. But I'll I'll tell you this much, right? I'll tell you this much, right? I went up about to get serious. Okay? I, I'll tell you this. We were much. doing so good. I, I'll tell you this much, okay? Sorry. And it's up to you, right? No matter how much money you have, right? Either, you know what? Screw that, right? If I if I was a, a hundred million dollar man, right? And I earned, I was worth a hundred million dollars, right? I wouldn't want any of it to sacrifice that feeling. That feeling of triumph, right? Of fighting through sadness, pain, aggression, and actually fighting through it, I would never get that way. Ever. Ever. And that bonds our team like no tomorrow. I mean, none of us are the founder of Facebook. None of us, you know, we don't, I'm not saying money isn't everything, but you know, um, you guys money, almost did it without any money. Money is required to stay alive on this planet, but that feeling, I will, I will never forget it ever. I do uh, think it really helped to have a good machinist on that. Vin, well, Vince, Vince is a really bad. So we keep talking about Vince. Vince's Golden Eagle. Uh, that's a bad father, motherfucker. The the father taught Vince since he was a little boy well, how to use like the Bridgeport, the CNCs, not. And so if you just said it, Vince could make it, right? Uh, how, did you, how did you meet Vince? All right, so obviously we had a, a uh, our team went through different reiterations, right? And that's usually what happens. You know what I mean? You'll, after being, even as a businessman, you have a certain group and you're trying to find everybody uh, on the same page and moving towards the same goal, right? And working together and being, uh, it's the culture of a particular organization, right? And so it just so happened that the culture, especially through something like 2005 and 2006 NHRA championship year, was to make sure everybody was in the same direction that we're moving. And, and mind you, don't get me wrong, I give mad, mad, mad props to Vince. Right, no doubt he's instrumental, right? But it's a collective effort as a group. That's why I even mentioned, you know, uh, Ramel, Kurt Gasper, uh, people who 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 were there just working hard and they're tried and true. Every I'm, I'm going to stress this more than enough, more than enough, right? Even the fucking truck driver, even the fucking truck driver he is just as important as the driver absolutely there's no i in team yeah he, and kurt but there's an i in win no, that's that's Kobe. <laughs> anyways um people don't give respect for every single incremental person on the fucking team one thing i hate about lebron me, 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 me. No, it's everybody. Even the, even the fucking, you know, fucking, what was it? Uh, was it Microsoft? 
Microsoft, the custodian's a fucking multimillionaire. Part of the team. The custodian is driving a fucking Ferrari. Right? I want to be that guy. The, the, well, that's part of the team. Everybody's putting together, right? Every increment. The, guy, the guy's got to throw away your trash, mm-hmm. right? If the trash starts piling up, I can't build the you know, Windows 95 or whatever the fuck it may be, right? But even the truck driver is fucking important. Even the guy cleaning out the pits, he's fucking important. So that way you can work on the fucking car. Everybody, there's no one single person. How many people are on the team? Let's see. My brother, me, Vince, Derek E.K., Sav, Kurt Gasper, uh, Ramel Figueroa. So, fuck, am I going with this? How you met the your Sav, East Coast? How you met Sav became Kurt on your team? Sav comes over. We all get along, and now you know we can use Sav's place as a hub. Right, Imbo. So obviously we are all tight and working together. Sab obviously had his race car when he was racing, and then he transitioned to us, right? And so Sab nonstop, gung ho, right? And he goes, "Dude, I know this guy Kurt, dude. He's pretty cool, dude. You'll like him, right?" So we, he was crewing with Sab on his race car, right? Because Sab had caught on fire or whatever. He was helping out rewire. And everybody went to the hotel with just me and Kurt. And we're just working. In fact, we slept at English Town on the floor of the trailer using the car covers as a blanket. So I was like, damn, this full town, dude. Later on, Sav retires, right? Or sort of retires or whatever. And then Kurt naturally got on board with us. And, you know, he's down. He's not accredited. He doesn't have a year of his experience. He's just... Yeah, I'm down. His grandfather owns the, or had part of the Northeast Airport. He owns, he, was, uh, he owned Northeast Philadelphia Airport, right? Oh, shit. So, but he's down. He's the, uh, we call them uh, the richest poor kid you'll ever know in, uh, on the Eastern Seaboard, right? <laughs> so that's how, but we've always had, like, Phil, for me, Philadelphia, right, was my second home. You know what I mean? Living at Sab's house. For a month at a time. You know what I mean? Going to Hempo, helping, you know, uh, uh, God rest Sal, sad dad, uh, helping out with the shop, you know, cleaning up and, you know, hitting some races on the East Coast. I love the East Coast. You know what I mean? I love the fans, English. You're not going to get any better fans in drag racing than English Town fans back in the day. How did it feel to go back to E Town during the drift stuff? Like this. Well, see well see let's, before, let's before you touch that, um, give us give give us an idea of like um, your exit from drag racing well, and then transitioning into the drifting. The writing was on the wall. You could see it. Uh, Eddie Chari handed it over, handed it over to Nopi, and we knew it was done. We knew it. We we're like it's done. And at the time, uh, Bergenholz Racing was like, oh well, you know, times are changing. And what's next, It's right? changing. What's next? So drifting's next, right? So we went in that arena, right? And we had our own team. We started off with uh, Apex, who already had a car. And we brought in 2004 D1 champion, Ruji Miki, in. And we did that. In fact, we did drag racing 
uh, in we did drag racing in 2008 with Battle Imports and the drifting oh, at the same time, running two teams, two separate staffs, the whole bit. Uh, 2008 was a monster. So what was that? Eight drift events, uh, five, uh, 10, no, 16 drag events. Burn Mulch Racing was in drift and drag. And then after 2008, we're like, it's one or the other. Done. It's done. And and were you guys still backed by Mazda at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Mazda backs, backed both our programs. Nitto backed both our programs. Uh, Clutch Masters backed both programs. So uh, a lot of our sponsors were backing both programs. Right? And going to say that, we, I touch on this a lot with, with um, all our guests. How important is those are those relationships that you built with these companies? Like, for example, Nitto. Nitto's been with you. Jeez, 96. You know what I mean? And they're still an integral part of your program. Yeah, well, they're... Uh, well, now it's kind of changed, I'm, but... I, I'm uh, I'm helping them right mm -hmm. now as a consultant, right? With all their marketing activations, right. uh, marketing strategies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but just to see that you're still involved with them. Yeah. It's not like that relationship has lasted so long because they, of... They're not businesses anymore. Mm-hmm. Their family. Uh, the guy met, still mentors me to this day, and I love that guy, My who I consider my older brother, uh, Tomo Mizutani. Um, yeah, uh, mentorship's important. That guy is smart. He's been teaching me since 98. Yeah. What's he do? Oh, uh, he's a visionary. No, I mean, like, where is he? Does he work? Does he in the industry? He's, he's, is he in the, he's the head guy for Nitto. Oh, well, I ended up. Yeah. And he's, he's, he still gives me books to this day. Uh, we still text each other, uh, bounce ideas uh, once a month, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's busy. I'm busy. Um, but to me, Nitto, okay, let's say I, I'm just talk about Nitto, right? Um, to me, Nitto is family. There, it's not a company that, I, I I'm a partner with or or work for so uh, yeah I work for them. Mm -hmm. yeah um but they're family and turn into that from yeah so many years they're yeah. family uh and I I strive on that I yeah. think that's very important Tomo Tomo is my brother um my my other brother is Harry Kong he's my brother we're 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 thick as thieves. We, we're coming up with crazy shit all the time. Do you remember how you got uh, yeah. as your sponsor? Okay. So it, the CRX didn't even, wasn't even racing. So uh, I was part of Wicked, right? And in 90, 95, yeah, 95, uh, I went racing, went, went racing with my Integra, the show one, right? Got it in, all this shit. Uh, Tom, my, my uh, buddy Tom Jung was driving it. Right. And the marketing guy, obviously, Nitto sponsored Battle Imports. Nitto sponsors Import Draw. Was participating in both. The marketing guy goes, and everywhere I went, you know, I'm a character, right? You know, when I had hair before GM ruined my hair, right? You know, I had a big pompadour this high, right? Spiked up. Aquanet, Aquanet <laughs> probably killed all my follicles. Aquanet this high. So, car shows, drag race, I had. You thing. lived hair to the fullest. Yeah, I did, but it's all gone now. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> and anyways, I'll have to ask you what what bit you use. It's easier. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell okay. you later. But anyways, um, 
the marketing director goes, hey, can I get my sticker on your car? You're the asshole that I was. I was just like, what are you going to give me? I'll give you a set of tires. I was just like, cool. I go, yeah. I'm down. How many do you want? I put four of those bad boys on, right? <laughs> Dude, I have that letter somewhere. They even sent me a letter, right? They said, oh, thank you. Blah, blah. I was like, oh, cool. It's official. Yeah. And that was in 95. And I was just like, this is cool. And this was, yeah, fall, fall battle. I was just like, this is cool. And like this day, you know, I, I have a very close family relationship. Um, you still friends with, you still keep in touch with that guy that offered you? Oh, oh no, that guy, uh, marketing directors came and went, right. Right. Um, to, to be a, and, uh, but Tomo, he opened the door for you. Tomo, Tomo, he, 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 he is, he, he, he's a cowboy. He's a Japanese cowboy, right? And cowboys get along with other cowboys. You know what I mean? Or uh, disruptors or uh, pioneers, things of that nature, right? Visionaries. Visionaries, right? Yeah. And we've just got along. You know what I mean? It's, you, you, you sync together. You know, people have that tendency where you can vibe with them really good. So even despite that guy's departure, right? The people that are still there, and there's only two from OG days, right? Oh, there's only two from the OG days, right? But the people that have been there a long time, right? They're family. For me, absolutely, they're family. And, you know, Stefan, uh, uh, Angelo, all these guys are family. Even the new people, they're family. You know what I mean? The Christmas cards, the whole bit, right? When I used to live in California, you know, I'd bring cupcakes to them. I'd bring, I don't know, 50, 60 cupcakes. You know, you've never brought me cupcakes. Well, you know. Is it because of this? No. Well, I'm probably looking after you, you know, not to eat cupcakes and have an apple instead. (laughs) (laughs) So, so those relationships with companies, right? They're, they're no longer a company anymore because if you treat them like family, right? Um, it naturally, you naturally want to do good things for your family mm-hmm. when they need help or not even help, but make them be help them in any way possible, even on the small half percent that you were part of it. You're a right? part of it. Just because you want to help them or do whatever you can to be of service. And I think that that falls into like people who get sponsored. A lot of people are just looking out for themselves. They want to know, like you're saying, what are you going to do for me? Right. Whereas a family, you want to know because what can ways. we do? Well, it's nurture. What can we do? Because yeah. I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty at first glance, at first thing. Go, well, what are you going to do for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? But when they, when they extend that olive branch and it's a, a, a good olive branch, you're like, ah. I want to do more That's for cool. you. I'm going to do more that, for you. That motivated you to help them. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, in a way, well, yeah, in a way, Nitto was one of the first sponsors of Bergen Olds Race. And to this day, and to this day, to this day, it's more of, you know, I'm gung ho. You know what I mean? What do we need to do to expand this space or expand this or keep, keep, keep the uh, excite, excitement going mm-hmm. for the product line? You know what I mean? 
but companies become family. Uh, Lewis at Clutch Masters, uh, he he's family. Um, even Apex, I mean, you know, I don't have nothing to do with Asia, but Masaki and Chuck down there, I mean, they're family, OG. Yeah, they're you know what I mean? definitely OGs um, in the game. But, you know, the people that I, I'm still keeping up with, you know, when you spend so much time with them, like Harry, Harry Kong, he's my brother, you know, my little brother, I guess, you know, but I, I see him as an equal. We both see each other just, what kind of trouble can we get into today? <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you work with these people and you're on, you're on, you're vibing with them, you can't help but, you know, vibe together and kick ass. Yeah. That's great cool. memories. Cool. So, so Bergenholz Racing's capacity in um, drifting now, do you have your own team? No. Nah. Or is it just strictly more on the Nitto side? Owning a, owning a team, I mean, I'll be the first to say it. I mean, I, drifting, as far as the ownership is concerned, um, is not my cup of tea as an owner. Okay. I couldn't, me personally, I'll, I'll be the first to attest this, I couldn't get over that hump of having the car destroyed. Actually, you're, I think you're the second because Gary said that too. I, I couldn't. I, <laughs> so you'd be number two on saying 30 that. years of drag racing, you know what I mean? You're, you're not supposed to crash right. the car, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'll admit I, I couldn't get over that hump. Now with how people build their cars, even when it gets hit. More salvageable. Yeah, it's more yeah. salvageable, but I I couldn't get over that hump. <laughs> um, but that's where the good Lord uh uh, pointed me in direction, and th that's where I ended up bowing out. But it's nice to uh, participate, even on the very, very smallest level, um, and 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 share in some of that exhilaration. Watching other people succeed, Osbo succeed. It's nice that well, you're um, helping them succeed. Neto can assist and be of service. Mm -hmm. In helping them uh, achieve excellence. So know? how how involved is Nino now with Formula Drift? Oh, jeez, uh, man, uh, we uh, Nino uh, sponsors Osbo, uh, uh, sponsors Ryan Turek, sponsors uh, Chelsea Denafa, Von Gittin Jr., uh, James Dean, three-time champion, and uh, Adam LZ. All the heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah, all the heavy hitters. Yeah. So um, we we produce a product they want, right? That would be of service to them to help achieve excellence. What are your thoughts of the competitor Falcon stepping out, stepping aside from? Uh, I can't comment on that, right? Uh, Falcon had to do what they had to do, and mind you, remember one thing is they stepped out of all of it. FD wasn't the only channel they stepped. So because Falcon stepped out of FD, that should not be any inclination that FD's got problems. No. In fact, it's the complete opposite of that. I mean, I've been watching it nonstop, and I'll be the first to say, I'm like, damn, it's bigger and bigger every year. We say it was be like bigger than the NHRA was? The NHRA Dude. Sport Compact? Formula Jeff spits. On any Charlie sports cup, yeah. spits on nationally. Nationally, it spits yeah. worldwide. No, I'm talking like if you're to when you went to when you went to 
Um, where did you BIR for NHRA Sports Compact? How many fans were in the stands? Not uh, right. It, so you it, went to E Town, right? But when you went to E Town, it was both sides. It was can you compare? Is that an apple to apples comparison? Let's oh, just yeah. talk about E Town. Let's talk about E Town. Right? Yeah, FD E Town, right? And it's gonna it's gonna be a which sunny. is this weekend, by the yeah, way, right? It's a sunky thing to say, right? But F, FD E Town spits on NHRA E Town, spits on it. Dude, you got to understand, right? During English Town, we'd fill one side. That is true. We'd fill yeah. one side. Well, you know why, right? Because everyone was lazy and they didn't want to. We kept all At the E Town, it's ah. both sides, dude. And then, and then uh, every event. Now, mind you, I've been I've been retired from. Uh, drag racing since 08? Yeah, 08? Yeah, 08. No, 012. Sorry. 012, 011. Something like that, right? And FD just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and this year it's with the economy coming back, right? Um, and roaring back, right? It's, it's, it's sold out. Sold out. And when you look at it, the drone footage, you know what I mean? She's like, and here's a cool thing too, is their demographic is becoming diverse. It, don't get me wrong. They're young, young Z, whatever the hell you want to call it. Y generation market. They're loyal, right? And they've stuck to it. And there's a fair amount of them. But now those kids have grown up bringing their parents with them. And they're bringing baby strollers. Definitely see that it's it's diversified, and it's it's just getting getting better. Diversified from a generation, yeah. Because that's that, that was a wide generation uh, generated uh, motorsport base, right? You know what I mean? Tech savvy, phone, uh, live stream, blah blah blah. Um, but now I've been interviewing, and mind you, I've been in it at least as a focused on marketing since 2012 so 11 years studying formula drip as as a marketing level and it's just you know i was just like oh i thought it maybe level not just climbing just climbing it's insane shout out to the formula drift guys out there dude uh, jim law jim lion sage and yeah. luck uh creative staff brian alford uh shout out to uh, brian shout out to brian uh Jeez, oh, everybody on that that Cassidy and Danak was just his for her birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. But that whole staff, I mean, dude, kill it. 20 plus years. I mean, how long did NHRA last? Yeah. Oh two, oh three, oh oh no. Let's count IDRC that conjunction. Oh one, <laughs> oh two, oh three, oh four, oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. No. Maybe 10 years. Maybe 10 years max. Yeah. yeah. And the bigger thing about the drift deal is that everybody said it was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I, Nobody said it was going to last. Dude, everybody said to me. Yeah, I think like FD, especially with the drift thing, now you've seen, we're, um, we touched on it off, off, like off camera, but you know that their sponsorship is crazy. Yeah. You got but, national brand, AutoZone, O'Reilly. Um, drifting? You know. Drifting? What? Oh, drifting, 
is 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 American as apple pie for entertainment, right? Um, it is the new generation mask. It's the new generation. Did you go to Japan when they went? I think that was last year that they go to Japan. No, they have another franchise, right? FD. Like I seen some American doing, doing. In fact, we have a few drivers that are from America that go out there. That go out there, right? right. And that, that's that that particular part of the world. Um, but you see it worldwide. You have Russia going off the hook. You got uh, Lat Latvia, yeah, Latvia going off the hook. You got that Eastern Bloc money just going off the hook. Mm -hmm. Their production is fucking nuts, and the stands are just as packed. Do you ever see yourself driving in a drift car? I've never even taken a ride along. Did Did Ron drift? No, no, never. No. I'm I'm a fan of the spectacle. I'm a fan of the 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 technical aspect of being able to do that. I have the greatest respect for those drivers who are able to drive and control the vehicle in those split second moments uh, based on what a guy in front of you is going to do. I have the greatest respect for uh, the drivers that can drive, right? The drivers that can't drive don't really care, <laughs> right? But the people that are able to go above and beyond and do amazing things with a car and position that car in relation to the other car in the correct format is just it, 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 it's cool to watch it, it's it's an impressive thing to, to do if it, considering how long i've been in it mm -hmm. and seeing what they can do and where they're supposed to be uh mad respect to drivers who, who know how who have the skill to do that you know what i mean um and from an entertainment spec perspective, right? Um, you know, fucking the crashes are cool. Uh, I mean, the last event, Chelsea bunny hopped over some car and ended up backwards. And then the entertaining part was the car was really, really fucked up, right? And his team was going at it. To get it fixed. Yeah, and the timer was running, and the cameras were there showing them go crazy and getting it done, and it looked like they were the car wasn't even down the ground. There was 10 seconds left, and then all of a sudden, the moment the jack went down, it went to one second, and he was off. So he, was, so he made it. Yeah, so seeing what happens against the face of adversity, against the clock, for the team. Did they show that on the screen? They showed it on the fucking oh, screen. Cool. It was fucking cool. Oops. It was cool, right? I'm foaming at the mouth. <laughs> so um, there's a lot to see at Drift, right? And uh, uh, I think they should cover more of the, the... Well, no, they are covering the stories behind the people, which I love. Um, but I think and, that happens at, at, like at, at uh, World Cup and... All, and even during track events you were at, I have a picture of you and your brother changed the head gasket. Yeah, it's not on time between, like that, though. The, the problem Between being, the rounds. Yeah, the and it's still a little different. The, you know, the problem being, okay, here, I'm going to delve on. I don't even give a shit, right? The problem with the NHRA, right, is they're trying to replicate, right, 
Powerade or whatever the fuck they call it now, right? They're trying to replicate Powerade into the youth market. It doesn't work that way. Oh, um, Dave, that was a great event, great race. Um, maybe I'll beat you next time. It's always an honor racing you. <laughs> it's fucking boring. Well, that's you not- can't do that shit. These kids, that's straight out. The youth, mar- the youth market wa- wants the youth market wants wants you know spectacle. They chaos. want chaos. Chaos. They want uh, adversity. They want uh, people uh, uh, competing against shit talking. They want emotion. That's what they want. They're like, oh yeah, great job. Get the fuck out of here, right? Uh, the world, the world is right, soft now. English town, right? English town, right here. No, they're not even now. Even back in the day, they're. Oh no, that's how it, that's how that's their format. The NHRA modeling strategy, right? The NHRA modeling strategy during NHRA sport kind of was completely flawed, right? I, I don't give a shit, right? It was flawed, right? So <laughs> tell them why you're mad. Tell them why right? you're mad. It's entertainment value, right? Yeah. It's entertainment value. Obviously, in drift, right? Um, I want my guys to win. Um, if I can be a, a half a percent uh, to be of service, right? I, I'm, I'm not doing it to ride their coattails. How may I be of service, right? Um, if I can provide them, you know, some information on their competitor or what their car is doing in comparison to the other car, I give them that information. You know what I mean? And I root for them. I, I ain't going to lie. I'm a cheerleader. You know what I mean? But I try to be of of use, value, usefulness, yeah. and value in some type of data or anything. You know what I mean? Or uh, doing R and D at a closed facility, uh, you know, at a racetrack to deliver them, deliver them a a good tire to increase their odds mm-hmm. in success in achieving excellence. You know what I mean? Now the tires that the drivers use. Um, is that a tire that's available for the consumer as well? Oh, yeah. Right? So yeah. it's not like a special tire. No, hell no. No. Jeez. Um, we, we sold a decent amount of units. Every year it just grows and grows. And grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can order that from Jags. Something. Yeah. And it's uh, a drag radial. Okay. Yeah. Like of all things. what? Actually, it isn't. It's not a drag radial. It's radio. not. I thought it was a drag radio. It's a street tire. That's a regular street tire. Nito does have a drag radio. We have a drag radio. It's the uh, uh, 555R2. R2. That came on the the Hellcat or something like that, right? But RG2, that's a street tire. Well, in fact, if you're to. It's a drag radio. No, it's not. If you're to look at the tread pattern, right? Yeah. It's a street tire. You can drive the sucker in the rain. Which I have done. It has, it has a lot. It has yeah. tread. Yes. And then yeah. if you're to compare our tire with the field, all the other ones look like slicks with some lines on it. Our tire looks like a, a rain tire. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have, the, have a little stiffer sidewall. You, right? I would imagine. It's yeah. a street Because a drag radial is the, the sidewall. Yeah, is, is on it? a drag radial, it's a soft sidewall. It's a soft sidewall. But this is an, a tire you can buy and put it on anything. And drive it and drive every it. day. Every day, G two to to the Wawa or. Yeah. And what size tire do they do they run? Bigger is better. Yeah, three fifteen <laughs> forty eighteen. It's a big ass tire. It's a big it's ass a big tire. tire. Squared. 
Huh? Squared? No, we just put them in the front. All right, the rear. Yeah. Front wheel drive. I'm thinking about front wheel drive now. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's, the the let's go back. One more question yeah. before we get to before we wrap this up. A while ago, you had posted on your social media pictures of the the Mazda. Oh. And um, you know the trying to bring it back out. What's the progress of that of that project right okay, now? Okay, so um, a lot of the team, uh, you know. We want to feel young again. You know, we just talk when we do talk, you know, uh, there's talks about bringing it back. Right. And so, and then, and also just, just so that everyone knows the Mazda was a pro import or just sports. No, it's a pro front wheel drive car. It's a pro front. That's the car that won 2005 and 2006 championships. Right. And then. And now is that unibody or tube chassis for the, oh, that's for the a viewers? Tube, tube chassis. Okay. Uh, or what you would compare to a pro stock front wheel drive. Yeah. Two bit, two chassis, purpose built. Um, the body is an actual Mazda six. It's a not a fiberglass body that was uh, made in a wind tunnel. <laughs> GM. You know what? You guys gotta watch the Gary Gardella podcast yeah. because somebody talked about the wind tunnels. Yeah. And you know that was created in the, that that body was created in a wind tunnel. It is slippery as fuck, right? Ours in it when we got our our body, it's it all, oh, here's a Mazda six. Oh fuck! I gotta cut this motherfucker up, right? So it's an actual it metal. Was a, it was a all, it was a complete car when you guys got Dude, it. Dude, even the doors are metal. The trunk is metal. The quarter panels are metal. The roof is metal. The front end is fiberglass, which me and my brother made in our driveway in a uh, 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 controlled community. Luckily, they didn't see fiberglass all over the place. We got away with that. We did it. At your neighbors night. are itchy at night. <laughs> like, I'm going to go on a tangent. What is your brother up to these days? Uh, he is the IT director for Skydance Studios. Skydance Studios, oh. as you know, is Terminator. The guy that made Top Gun, top, the latest Top Gun. Terminator? And I don't, I don't know if they did Terminator. They did a bunch of other movies, but okay. uh, he's in Hollywood. And obviously, since uh 93 94 ed's always been a computer nerd and so to this day now he is a computer nerd for a major movie studio that's cool. that's awesome yeah uh basically his boss is who's the guy that made cars jesus pixar pixar no the guy the actual dude oh okay. i suck whatever but anyway yeah the guy he, he he's not with pixar anymore but he formed his own company uh, which is Skydance. Anyways, or Skydance animation. But anyways, yeah, that's what my brother's doing right now. Uh, believe it or not, he's renewed his license, even though he hasn't used it forever. Obviously, he was driving for uh, uh, Jason FCS, Jason Parks, for a while. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, he came out to World uh, Cup. World Cup. Yeah, I remember. So uh, that's what Ed's doing. Okay. Uh, the Mazda 6, uh, obviously, I cleaned, it, I cleaned it up for Cletus and Cars. We had a, a reunion of most of the team members, right? And, you know, we just hung out for four days at my house. We put most, yeah, well, the whole team was in my house, right? And then because Cletus and Cars was at Houston. Mm -hmm. And so we debuted the car there. And then obviously, who's, uh, what's his name? Brent Levistad got all these profile wheel drive cars together to go out there and make this profile wheel drive splash. Are any of them running? No. <laughs> uh, we have an intention to run it 
Uh, Vince Tiaga is building the motor. Nice. Right. He's from what I hear, the bottom ends are completed and the cylinder heads, uh, he finished one. And then I don't know what he did with the other one, but it's, it's a, it's a work in progress. It's coming along. There's no rush. Yeah. Uh, our main goal is to test it in Texas motor plant, uh, Texas, NS Texas, a bunch of 60 foots, bunch of three thirties, a bunch of six sixties. Uh, I'll put the jab in there. Our, our goal is to do a real six, a real 699, not a 927, 60 foot, 60 foot that front wheel drive out launching a top fuel funny car. No. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get a call from Chris Rado about that one, but, uh, <laughs> uh, to do that, we got the numbers. Turbo technology is great. A lot better. Uh, uh, engine management is uh, a lot better. Back pressure will get better. Uh, engine management is still good. Uh, engine man, oh, because we still have Motec. Okay. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that's going to make a big difference is a turbo because we're running 40 pounds of boost and there's 85, 85 pounds of boost in the exhaust. Yeah. GR. A little, a little bit of uh, back yeah. pressure. Yeah. Not good. Now, most guys right now, the new turbo technology is like, was it 40? No, 80, 80 pounds in the mo in the intake manifold and then 85 pounds in the exhaust. So this is getting started and a hundred pounds of boost for you guys. But I've already told the team, I go, we're going up. I think we can do it with 40 pounds of boost. That's all we need. I go, we're not going to put 60 in it. No, it'll be the same shit for me. 40 pounds of boost, new turbo technology. But the difference now is we got 40 pounds in the exhaust manifold. Yeah. And we'll be able to achieve. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it. They'll probably won't listen to me. Right. I think we could do it with 40 pounds of boost with a one one thirteen, one fourteen out of the hole, with a short track, eighth mile of about a four fifty nine, and it's done at hundred ninety nine miles an hour. Six ninety nine to hundred nine, not six ninety nine. At 210, not 699 at 214, not 699 at 220. No, 699 at 199. Until the addiction hits. And then well, right? that's more that's more for just to catch up and remember and have some fun. You know what I mean? As far as going to try to wipe the floor with people, maybe the the minor problem with doing this is what's gonna happen. Might wake up something. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's just gonna get in there. He's like, Ooh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, well inevitably what'll happen is we're gonna destroy ourselves, and we're gonna go, huh? Fastest rear wheel drive in that class they put in was a six eighty seven, yeah, or six seventy, right? And we're gonna go well, and with as with anything, right? Well, if we did a six ninety nine. Well, Plajasi, I'm aiming, I'm aiming for a 710, and I'm happy, right? But I think we can do a 699, right? So, you know, what's it going to take to go 680? That's the same bullshit we've been doing since day one. Day one. It's a great. <laughs> oh wow! Look, 11, 1199. Okay, we did Oh look, an 11.1. Oh look, a 109. Uh, a buddy of mine that I currently. Uh, on, uh, 
uh, help out with um, uh, on on anything, right? Even let's say this Viper or or that Jack, right? We can't leave anything alone. What can we make it better? Yeah. What can we do to make it better? Even looking at my fucking house, dude. Houses are fucking. Those things are Adult hard toys. to fix up, dude. And like, I'm in the middle of a pool right now. It's, it's in ground. In ground. You're out there digging it? No. Oh. I'm looking around and <laughs> the stupid fucking flow jets. I'm doing Google searches on what's the best flow jets. Okay. Turn it over to Dave real quick. What's up with the cat? The cat? I've been staring at this whole time. It's either I'm looking at Ron or I see this cat in That's the- That's your That's my pussy. That's your pussy. (laughs) Well, so this is um, Jezebel. And Jezebel has been around for a very long time. Uh, Ever since we started making videos, we had Jezebel in the background. And I... What kind of videos? (laughs) They're on YouTube. Head head Games videos. Oh, Head Games video. Wait, whoa. So we, um, we always had Jezebel in the background, and this is actually, uh, the girls at the shop got me this before I was actually getting a real cat. So they always, you know, they always talked about cats, and they were like, oh, you need to have one, and this was the cat they gave me. Oh, that's but good. It's not real, because I'm allergic to real ones. So. Yeah, well, that's what happened last time. So uh, Hugo said I couldn't bring a cat, because yeah. he was allergic, so I decided to bring Jezebel. Yeah, he said it was uh, hypoallergenic. Oh, yeah, she's hypoallergenic. I, I don't know how she actually she does some shit here. <laughs> dirty that cat is. Hey, it's a shop cat. Wouldn't you? you, you know, have you ever you seen know, a white? They, if, a, he, if he's even working at the shop, you better believe he's like rubbing it. Look how dirty that's not even. Mad, white. No, I got real mad, cat sha- that mad shavings in the hair. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's this, COVID living in that cat, bro. Oh, she man. does something. I'm just trying to get her to do it. She meows and stuff. Man, thank you, Ron, for coming. Really appreciate yeah. it. We know we know your you schedule's know, really busy. Ramble long, too long. Nothing. No, I, you know what? I I I learned. I learned. Um, the real Ron Bergenholtz is real. His passion is there. You know, the things that you heard about him, just you know, having the love and all that stuff. You know, you, we we. We hear it first and here, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, Ron, it's a real pleasure to be. You, you know, you've been able to stay relevant all these years. That too, and that is not an easy. I talked about that in my podcast. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and it's, it's whoa, whoa. It's it's don't. It's not a matter of trying to stay relevant, right? That's you're the thing. Like, oh, I'm trying to. But stay that's the thing. Now. You're not trying. You're not trying. You're just there, bro. You're, you're yeah. present. You're and present in that moment. You know what? You said it the wrong way. You said you should be proud yeah. of how he stayed relevant. Yeah, I, I am proud of how you stayed relevant. Yes. You're, you're. I'm uh, an enthusiast. I'm a, 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 a he is an addict. He's a motorsports addict. But and you're a legend. No, that just means I'm old and I'm about to die. But you are old. I am old, but that doesn't make me a legend. I mean, I mean, I, it's the same analogy, right? I, You'd be like a samurai. All right, here, one thing. Okay, remember one thing. <laughs> remember one fucking thing, right? It's the same thing as the truck driver perspective, right? I don't, I don't take well, like uh, Gary put it. He goes, dude, I, I should have addressed my fans, right? But for me personally, see, everybody puts puts legend or blah 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 even on text and shit like that right I'm you're just, not that guy i'm just a fellow addict 
Yeah, you're just you that guy. I, mean? I think you just have the you have the passion. You're you're an enthusiast, like I'm you said. Mad. You're just diehard, yeah. which is I think that's consistent to say with everybody from that era. So everybody that I've met from when I was a younger kid to now, you guys are still the same. You know, you Lisa Kubo, um, Era. The only thing I don't like, right? I'll say, the thing I don't like is. I mean, it's nice to be around the campfire and we're here around the campfire talking about, you know, in about what had happened in the past. But to me, guys, right, main goal is achieve excellence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when you're down and out, rise. You know what I mean? You've been there's, saying that this whole time. Hope, right? Yeah. But, you know, I don't, don't get me wrong. We did a lot, but I don't really, I don't really live there. Well, you know what? That's cool. I don't. I don't. I, I know you don't live there. I, I you're still moving on. I, you're I, still don't, in. I don't. You're I don't. Still in. Go, oh, yeah. Those, you're not. You're, you're not you're, Al Bundy. No, <laughs> those were the days. You're not Al Bundy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, you know what, Ron? You're, you're just being humble, but because we see it from an outside perspective of what you've gone through, and that's why he brings this up, right? I'm telling I'm, the story. Right, maybe. Right. Maybe somebody is in a uh, 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 a hard part of their life where they lost all their money on a gamble, and they're trying to rise up and trying to survive or uh, rise out of the occasion. And hopefully my experiences, you know, even as humble they are, can help wake them up like movies do for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as legend crap and shit like that, or trying to stay relevant, that's not my game. I was or just even, trying to, just trying know, to get you in bed. He's just trying to big you up. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to get you in bed. Talking, yeah, story, <laughs> talking story about the past, it's cool, right? But it's cool. No, ah, I got this, this new crazy stuff or this new wheelie bar idea, non-motorsport related, of course, right? Or this new, new thing. Don't, don't dwell in the past and whatever failures happened there. Think about what gangster stuff you could do or cutting edge or out of the box or whatever, where you could do something different. You know what I mean? That'll revolutionize or do something that could change change a particular industry or change the way basketball is played. Stephen Curry, he changed the way basketball is played. Centers have changed. Centers are now able to shoot the three. Centers are able to pass the ball. Do something different. You know what I mean? Do something different that would uh, change that or what me and Joe call disruptors. Right. Absolutely. Elon Musk, fucking mad disruptor. Change and adapt. Yeah. But anyways, um, don't dwell on the past and and go and try to live off of your laurels of the past. I, I don't do that. Don't get me wrong. I'm proud of the ring, right? And when did happen? But this says who I am. This is when I I don't do. This is what I did in the past, and I I I, I attempt to do in the future. You always, know what I, I think? Always be better. Always think, be better. I think that's a good way to end this. So yeah. uh, always you know. do better and think about the future. If you failed and destroyed yourself in the past and nothing is going wrong, it's just like, uh, 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 who's the guy that invented the light bulb? Edison, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison made a thousand shitty light bulbs and made one good one. From Jersey too. Yep. Oh, is he from Jersey? Edison, oh, Edison New Jersey. <laughs> oh, they're there. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so in a nutshell, um, moving forward, just for all you viewers out there, um, think about what revolutionary, crazy stuff you could do to excel at and revolutionize for the future, whatever you're doing. 
and be afraid to fail. And don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail, even though it sucks. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave, for coming again. And Thank you uh, for having me. What? Uh, what? Let's everybody drop their socials. How yeah, can we follow you? Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Ron Bergenholtz. Facebook for all the old people uh, at Ron Bergenholtz. Uh, TikTok, not really doing because the reels are doing pretty good. Um, YouTube, I same thing. Ron Bergenholtz. Uh, hashtag Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, that's where you can reach me. Catching flies. We got Dave. Uh, so you can reach me. Um, I actually never go on Instagram, but Head Games Motorworks is where you really want to look at. Um, on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, and um, with this channel, I'm on Facebook. Facebook are for the old, old, old people. And like we tell everybody at the end, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Mad love. Eat, sleep, race. We're out. Woo! Thank you. Thank you.